Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And we are continuing on our series of going through the book, Compelled by Grace, and some of the kingdom secrets that are found in that story. And I'm back with Rocky. Welcome, Rocky. Hey, again. <laughs> again, here we are. Um, so uh, I think uh, people are out there listening to this, Rocky. I've been getting a little bit of feedback. People are looking forward to it and uh, and going along with us here. So uh, We're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you were just, just before we get started, you were just telling me uh, you've been leading a group of men. Yeah. through this study and you're you're a few sessions ahead of us <laughs> well i've been i mean i'm going in and out of this thing like weaving through a <laughs> of traffic and i don't know where i am sometimes and i have to ask you now which secret are we on <laughs> but you were but you were telling me that something that god showed you today was that uh this compelled by grace is a good follow-up to the journey because it helps uh enhance the abiding or remind or practice the abiding or how would yeah, you say it? It, it you know what i've discovered is it's actually a personal application of abiding okay and uh, it, it brings two aspects of our life in our in our walk with christ in our journey the challenges that we that we face uh, daily and in the progression of growing our faith is what the lord will allow in our life I have found that I'm finding actually that everything that is revealed in these secrets always tracks back to this abiding relationship mm -hmm. as the answer Yeah, to find it there. And it's an expression of that oftentimes, application of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess I've only just discovered that recently, but that's the way it's been all along is that yeah, I write things, but I don't think I'm the originator. Well, and, and you, again... You write these creative stories because you're first of all you're a storyteller. You're from the South. You're from Mississippi. And you're mm -hmm. a good storyteller, like your grandmother was and your mother was. And, right. Um, but you're always trying to point people back to God's word. Yeah. And it's the truth. Stories are only a creative way to uh, transfer theology. Right. That's all it is. Right. I mean, it, it, story is a story, and it means nothing. But if a story will turn people's hearts toward Christ and make application of of those those truths into their lives, then then they will grow uh, more toward Christ and like Christ. That's what that does. And of course, you know, our mission are to make, is to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> the Lord says what to do, but he doesn't say how to do it. Mm -hmm. And he leaves that up to our creative expression of that. Mm -hmm. And my creative expression of that just turned out to be a storyteller. And uh, and writing, writing stories that would deliver these truths. Now, there's another aspect of that, Brian, is that, that I have discovered. You know, you go to a good movie, and I'm talking about good movies. They don't have a lot of those nowadays. <laughs> True. Good movies. You had a wave of emotions. That you, you could have anger, and you could have sadness. You could have fear, and you could have love. Mm -hmm. And that's a wave of emotions. And it seems like when you walk away from a good movie, you feel it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. because you were involved with it. Well, I think it's the same way with a creative story. That uh, and, and, and you can write a fictional story to deliver biblical truths. Mm -hmm. and, and if you write a story that has heart in it and creates emotions and people see themselves within it, 
<laughs> then you've got a better vehicle for delivering the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what God has shown me about the way I write. Yeah, I was when you said that, I was thinking about when Jesus said to go make disciples, teach them everything I've taught you. Mm-hmm. And you, the way you teach is illustrating with stories and things like that. You're visual. You know, well, that's what he did. Yeah. And but I mean, that's just comes the way you do it. Cause yeah, and I guess it, other people might do it a different little different way. But yeah. 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 Right. I mean, I, like I said, I just feel like he's always teaching me how to do what I do. And and I. I'm not surprised that it would come out that way because it resonates in my heart Yeah, to learn that way. I mean, I when I read the parables and all the other creative stories that Jesus uh, gave, it just probably creates more personal application every time I read it. There's mm-hmm. something about it that takes me deeper into the truth of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, today's kingdom secret that we're going to talk about is the secret of divine dependency. And uh, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures that you have here in the discussion okay. guide that you, uh, for when you, you created this little discussion guide for people to right. go through with a group of people uh, after the journey. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one that you selected was out of John 15, the abiding chapter. And it's where Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask uh, the father in my name, he may give it to you. So we're, we're talking about dependency on God and you define uh, in the book or actually in the workbook, you define the secret of divine dependency as this dependency on God is essential. There are, there are two ways God's child can attempt to carry out a mission that's been entrusted to him or her. One way is an effort to accomplish a mission independent of God using our own logic, talents, and experience. In doing this, we will accomplish at best only what mankind can accomplish, which always has limited results. Then there's divine dependency. This method uses God's ability, his power, his wisdom. By accessing God's involvement in our plans and taking steps that come from his inspiration, we will see accomplished that which God alone can accomplish. He will do the impossible. But in order to access God's empowerment in this way, we must surrender our prideful independence and seek God's total involvement in our work. We seek his wisdom and ask to follow him rather than asking him to bless our plans and watch us go. In humble dependency, we seek God and follow his inspired plans. Then God is able to work through us and enable us to be part of something bigger than we could do using our only only our own wisdom. Yeah. So tell me about that. Well, I think it's kind of like having to empty our hands of what we're gripping so that God will fill that hand with a blessing that we didn't have before or realize we could have. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we put a death grip on life in so many ways, and there's some, some things that we won't give up. And one of those is our security or our plans or our, how we, our egos, which is how we feel about ourselves. And those are hard wrestling matches to, to let go of. And, uh, and yet, I think it's because of this issue of fear, uh, of failure, uh, fear of the consequences of, of failure, uh, fear of all kinds that drives us, especially men, to be over-controlling and, and fearful and and always trying to solve the riddle 
of mm-hmm. what needs to be done for life and for resources. Men walk around in quiet dis- desperation. Right. And, and it's no different with Christian men either. Until Christian men began to release that fear, release that control on their life to one that that they can entrust it to and feel that it that all things will will be taken care of. And this is the aspect of having to learn dependency on God. Mm. You see, God God really wants to bless us. I, I believe that with all my heart, but I think that we are like sheep that really don't understand the dangers that are out there. Mm-hmm. We just kind of gravitate to the edge of the of the flock because the grass looks greener, but we don't see the predators that are around us. Mm-hmm. We don't see the obstacles. We don't see the things that can, or the pitfalls. We can't see a lot of things that God can see for us. And and as sheep, what he what he does with them is he he teaches them to trust them, and they get close to him. And the closer they are to him, the safer they are. Mm-hmm. They learn basically eat from the shepherd's hand. Mm-hmm. And I see divine dependence is learning to depend on him in that way so that he can bless me with that which I cannot do myself. Mm. Uh, I have to get me out of the way. I have to understand that the best I can offer him, my family, or even life is the best that a man can generate. Mm. But I want more than that. I want to be a part of something that only God can do. But in order to be a part of something that only God can do, then I got to get out of the way. Mm. And I've got to be dependent on him. Now, dependency on the Lord Lord is a discipleship process. He teaches us things through that. Uh, We see answered prayer. Oftentimes, we don't know that uh, uh, what it means to have the blessing of dependency until we see the blessing of an answered prayer because we were dependent on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend toward taking away the blessing because we want to get it done ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just fight like crazy to get something done when it, 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 oftentimes we can't get it done. But in this situation where I feel like that we're able to uh, enter into a trust with the Lord that he's inviting us to, I think part of his strategy is to put us in a place that maybe we see the truth that we can't get it done. Mm. And then we go to him and we find him to be the fulfillment of the, of the answered prayer and the need that we're looking for. But to go there, you have to be dependent on him. You, mm. got, you have to get to the point where I have to realize this and say it to him and myself. I cannot do this. I need your help. Mm. I need your help to guide me and show me the way. Now, there's a there's a, a, a discipleship phase of that, which has to do with obvious needs. And we go there as last resort. resort. You know, we hear it all the time. Well, uh, at least we can pray. Yeah. Or all, all that's left to do now is pray. Right, right. I can't give you any good news. You just need to go pray. Mm-hmm. Where we need to begin with prayer. Yeah. But I think the whole process of learning to get to the point where we are going there has to grow through this aspect of being dependent on him and having to rely on his his help. But eventually, 
eventually there's a crossover and we don't wait for uh, an urgent situation to occur. We go into that upfront living in a state of dependence and joyfully so. So I'm thinking right now, what are some of the barriers to this? Like, I mean, I'm thinking, I know a lot of guys are raised like you got to take care of yourself or no one else will. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's up to you. You know, you got to buck it up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, face your challenges head on. You know, it's all about what you can do, yeah. like you said. Um, or maybe some people don't think they're worthy. They're too sinful or something. God wouldn't help me because I've made too many mistakes yeah. or yeah. the orphan spirit stuff. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. What, what other barriers would you think? It's funny. I, I asked that question today with my group uh -huh. and went around the room with it. And one was ego. Mm -hmm. uh, other was fear. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, lack of faith, mm -hmm. uh, too much risk, um, just just the fear of God not coming through. Yeah, and uh, and I think that that this is when I get to the point when I'm saying that God wants to show us that He hears us. Mm -hmm. He wants to present Himself as dependable. Right. Yeah. But he has to oftentimes put us in a state of dependence so that we can see that he is dependable. Yeah. Yeah. Because we come to him and see what he does and our faith grows. Yeah. And that's an intriguing concept that people have a hard time believing that God would put you in a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, what kind of God is it? Is that a loving God would put you in a horrible, difficult situation where you're beyond yourself? Yeah, yeah he would. <laughs> well, was he a loving God when they faced the Red Sea coming out of Egypt and the Egyptians were coming after him? It looked impossible. It looked yeah. impossible. What happened? Sea party. That's right. Was it, it was a loving God that allowed Jonah to be thrown into the ocean? Yeah, because he had disobeyed and went on the opposite direction of Nineveh. Uh, that didn't seem like it, but it was a loving God that sent a fish to swallow him. Yeah. yeah. And it was a loving God that spit him up on the shores of Nineveh. Uh -huh. And by the way, that, that would be a, a wonderful witness to be spit out of a, the, the, the belly of a fish and come out on the on the beach and say, I've got a word to tell you from God. <laughs> I think people say, well, we want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. And was loving God to use a rebellious prophet to teach his word or give his word or warnings to Nineveh. And those people turned. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a loving God. Mm. They had a plan. Uh, God has a plan that we don't see. Yeah. And uh, the plan oftentimes can include us in his plans for our future. Mm -hmm. But it also, most often, his plan is for us to be used to help other people. Mm. But uh, we have to get to that point where we're dependent on him. Well, and sometimes we watch other people going through this. They're going through some situation, and, and our tendency is to want to go help them fix everything. Mm -hmm. And, and most of the time we can't anyway, but, uh, but I think Oswald Chambers talks about, you can shortchange what God's trying yeah. to do in their life sometimes if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. um, not that we shouldn't help where we can, you know, but, uh, if you see someone in need, help them. But, um, I, I it resonates with me what you're saying. You get into a situation, you, you feel over your head and yeah. I've been in those and I know other guys have told me where they finally said, Lord, I give up. Yeah. I give up. Yeah. And, and they felt like 
I heard this. I've, other guys have said this. They felt the Lord said, well, good. I was hoping you'd say yeah. that. Now we can get something going here now. <laughs> the uh, truth is, is that you could look at it two ways. You could look at the situation we're in as a curse. Yeah. Or a blessing. Mm. And I think that we grow from looking at it as a curse. Mm-hmm. And and because of dependence on the Lord to solve a problem that no one else can, mm. uh, we're blessed to see him come and help us. We grow in our faith. Yeah. And so we grow from looking at something as a curse to looking at something as an opportunity mm-hmm. to see God yeah. come and do something. Mm. Well, in the story, uh, the storyteller has been working with Ned. They were, he had him over for dinner in this last chapter, yeah. and, uh, and it actually went pretty well. And, he, and they had a great meal together, and, and then he uh, ended up on the porch, and they're playing music together. Right. And, and he kind of, Ned's starting to trust him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and then Ned went home, and he started reflecting with the Lord that um, he, he felt sure that God was calling him into this mentoring of in, of this guy Ned, and he never would have dreamed he'd be in that situation. No, he was just a, <laughs> a, a, a few days before he was afraid afraid of this man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he represented something really, really fearful. Yeah, yeah, and so he he was just praying to the Lord. You, I, I know you got to help me because I don't. I feel ill equipped to do this mm-hmm. right now. So let's take Ned out of the picture, and let's enter in some real life problems. Mm-hmm whether it might be uh, a child that has cancer. Parents are praying for that child. Broken relationships, uh, fear of failure, lost your job. You know, there's so many. I I know know a person who had cancer and then they thought they beat it. But during the period of time that they had cancer, they they changed it from an enemy to a friend. About their friend, yeah, cancer, because their friend had driven them closer to the Lord and had blessed and blessing, mm. had been so blessed because of it, and they, there were so many blessings that came out of that blessing because of that divine dependency on the Lord to help them fight this disease and and determine what life is going to be like with it. Mm. And I've heard it be eradicated in the person's life only to hear later on them say, well, our friend has returned. Mm. And and yet they still identified as a friend because they see something far, far beyond the fear of it. They see the sovereignty of God over it. Mm. And, and, you know, that, 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 that's the victory right there. And our bodies are going to die. Our, you know, we're, our life is going to change. I mean, we're just temporarily passing through here. We're going to have trials all the time. Mm-hmm. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have losses. But our God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And I like the thought that, that I can depend on a sovereign God above everything else. And if he invites me into any situation that requires dependency, then that is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And that's also an attitude. That's perspective. But it's also come from years of seeing him uh, faithful when I've been dependent on him. And that doesn't mean he's going to answer your prayer exactly the way you would like him to mm-hmm. every time. He's going to answer my prayer, but not might be the, the way I want it. 
I think you have to reach a point where you're saying, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Lord, you know, even Jesus was saying, Lord, if it, if you would be willing, take yeah. this cup from me, but but not my will, but your will be done. The only way you can do that is you got to know the Father's heart. Yeah. And that's the, really, I, I really do believe this, that if you can if you can know his heart and you know his good, and all you have to do is look at Jesus. Jesus is the, is the perfect representation of God. So you look at Jesus, you look at the characteristics of Jesus, and you you see nothing but love. Mm-hmm. You see goodness. You see a good heart. I mean, you see compassion. You see uh, willing to be involved. All the these are that's the heart of God mm-hmm. when we see Jesus. And if we begin to ask the question, "Can I trust the heart of God?" Uh, then, then, then we began to make personal application of what we're reading about Jesus. And it's not just him way back then. It's him right now in me, the Spirit of God who's in me. Spirit of Jesus hmm. is in every Christian. And, and so I think that that's the first thing is that we've got to know the, the Father's heart. And then, then you've got to trust the Father's plans. Yeah, yeah. And so when you get to that point, you, get, you can begin to transition from a fearful life to a resting trust. And resting trust is where he wants us to be. Mm. There's all, all kind of trust out there, but resting trust is to be in a state of walking with him, knowing that he's got my back taking care of me, knowing that the things that I care about, he is with me in it. Mm. He's for me. And that he will not allow me to walk into any situation that is of danger without him being there or any challenges that come that might even in my life without it being by way of his sovereign permission. Yeah. And if I can get to the point that I can trust him at that level, then I have found the way to live with peace. Mm. You know, I, Pete McKenzie uh, your buddy and our, our friend and staff guy in Orange County has talked about that story when he was um, his wife was pregnant with the baby and they were about to she was about to lose the yeah, son right. and, and 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 she was in danger too yeah and he had to talk to the Lord in the chapel and basically just purposed in his heart to accept God's will whatever and trust Him yeah. you know and all that right. I was in a similar situation when my dad was fighting COVID and and uh, it was becoming evident that could you know he might not make it. And yeah. uh, and I had faith to believe in healing. You know me. I yeah. I think anybody can. I, I think God can raise the dead. You know, He just says did it in the Bible. But I was in the chapel having one of those conversations with the Lord one morning toward the end, and I remember just saying, "Lord, I just trust you. Whatever I I I release my dad to you. Whatever you know, whatever you you know what's best. If this yeah. is his time, if I, I'm, I'm tr- I just trust you. You know, and 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 I had peace in that. Um, and that was just God doing something in me, helping me yeah. in my dependence on him, I yeah. think. So. Well, you know, Brian, I think that uh, we use the word to describe untimely deaths. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think most people will say it would be any time. Right. Yeah. Any time is an untimely death. Right. But I think that uh, the truth is with God, there is no untimely death. It's right on time. Mm. And, and well, why do I know that? Because Psalms one thirty nine talks about it. Before we ever born, He knows. You know, we were conceived in our mother's womb. He, he knew, knew our days before we ever had one. Right. Now, if I can believe that, and I must, 
because it's God's written word, then I have to apply it to my life. I can't, I can't squirm on this thing. Mm. I have to accept that there are the days in God's, the lives of God's children are in His divine care. And there's no premature death with Him. It is right on time. And that, you know, it's very hard when you think about murders, or you think about like nine, what happened 9 11, or, you know, you think that shouldn't have happened, right? They shouldn't, that couldn't have been their time. Yeah. And, and those are hard to reconcile. But we, even what Satan intends for evil, God intends for good. Yeah. And, and they're winners in the sense of going to heaven to be with the Lord, the ones who, who perished. But, yeah, I, I think that we we kind of have a little bit of a wrong perspective about life, uh, and, and 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 here's the reason I say it: Jesus really, I mean, you're talking about raising somebody from the dead. I mean, he he literally did that. Right? Yes, he healed all kinds of diseases. He did. I mean, the worst diseases. I mean, he did so many miracles you couldn't believe, but. Every one of those people are dead. Mm -hmm. They lived out their lives. They probably had regular life expectancy, or they might have had an accident. Mm -hmm. You just don't know how. But they're yeah. they're all dead. Right. And we're not created to live eternal lives on this earth. Right. That's right. And but we are created to live purposeful lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we will transfer ourselves to his sovereign care and depend on him to be able to guard us and protect us and lead us and guide us, and use us. Then when uh, our days are through, he says, now come home. We have fulfilled our purpose on this earth. Mm -hmm. And that's, that will be a grand thing because the purpose that we have done on earth is over. But what we have ahead now is an eternal thing. Mm -hmm. This is a very short, short, short part of our existence. And when we began to look at it that way, then we began to see it probably in the proper way. Yeah. I, I really do believe this. I was writing my journal today about this. It's funny how it comes up. But I think that I think the answer to what happens to me after I die is the best way to have the most meaningful life while I live. Because one is I know that my eternal life is secure. I, death is simply a transition. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. But it tells me how to live now, though, because there's purpose. There's a plan in place, and I'm playing a part of that. And God could be using me to play a noble part of that. And I do believe all of God's children, who are, by the way, noble, because we are members of the royal priesthood. That means that we're princes and princesses mm -hmm. of God, our Father. And we are given an opportunity to play a noble part. But we have to transition from this grasp of what we can't hold on to, which is this life in this world, mm -hmm. in order to grasp that which he offers us mm -hmm. and can do. But back to the subject, it's going to require divine dependency to release that which we cannot hold on to.
mm-hmm. to secure that which can't we cannot lose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and find probably find a deeper connection with God than we've ever found and find like you said achieving things that only he can do yeah. things that we could never do on our own yeah yeah we're just we're, we're joined with him and uh I love I love the fact that he has been faithful. He's shown me that, and it's taken away so much fear. Mm. It's taken years, but it's also taken a lot of releasing uh, to do that. And I still got to do more. I mean, every time something comes up, I have the question comes up: Will it, Will you trust me in this now? And the answer has to be, uh, yeah. But help me with my belief. <laughs> I saw I saw a painting the other day. Something I was looking on the internet, and I saw this painting, and it was a it was a perspective of of a man or a person being underwater and looking up through the water and seeing Jesus reaching his hand down. Hmm. Yeah, you just see him reaching down into the water. It was a beautiful. I don't know who painted it or whatever, but I yeah. just saw it and it just really hit my heart. Like he's reaching down for us. We just got to reach up, and he'll he's going to help us yeah. take our take us by the hand. So yeah. So anyway, well, our time's about up here, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there dealing with all sorts of stuff and, and being tested on this very thing right now. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they going to be dependent on God? Or are they going to try to figure it all out themselves? And so, well, let's just encourage them to release that which they cannot control to gain, which that he will do for us. Yeah. Which is beyond anything we can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Rocky. And uh, we will continue our series next week and get into into our next uh, series, which is uh, the the secret of, uh, let me find it here, sorry, secret of divine interruption. So we'll be learning a little bit more about how plans get changed sometimes. Well, it it, it have to be changed because we went off on a contrary path. Okay. But God is faithful to get us back on the right path. Even when we botch up the dependency part or whatever it is. There's a necessary uh, need that we have to address. And it's one word. Help. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great. All right. Well, this is uh, the Influencers Network podcast. uh, And uh, we do these to just uh, enlighten our listeners out there, all all of you influencers and other people who might find this this podcast uh, to point you back to Jesus, point you back to your abiding relationship. And uh, we hope you're encouraged. And if you've never been through a journey group, which is something that we use in influencers to help people find that intimate abiding relationship, we would love to help you. So uh, go to our website, influencers.org, and we have live groups in cities all around the country. We also have virtual groups where you can join from anywhere in the world. And uh, so it's really, really a great thing to go through. I encourage anyone who's never done that to to sign up for one. So anyway, join us next week for the next uh, series on Compelled by Grace. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.